Hello everybody and welcome to Forever Motorsports on Forever Sports for this, uh, the F1 podcast. You're joined by Reese and myself, Mark, of course. And uh, yeah, title of the video and I think one of the first topics that we will be speaking about today. Of course, we'll get into a whole lot of other things, but we do do the show every week. Title, Ferrari are done. Uh, I think that's pretty much for the season in terms of whether they can compete anywhere after yesterday's results. I think they're pretty much firmly out of the race. It's going to be very, very difficult for I them mean, to get back in. Yeah, they were beaten by Williams. That is certainly unexpected uh, at this point in the season. We expected them to have a little bit more pace off the back of last season where they were extremely confident. And I mean, what has happened to Ferrari? Yeah, I mean, one has, does have to go and ask the question, what on earth has happened to Ferrari? Because, I mean, surely, surely, surely we were expecting them to do relatively okay this weekend. Uh, because, you know, there was a little bit of chats there. They started making some improvements the last few weekends. And in Canada and Austria, that made, that made some significant gains. And qualifying, that done all right. Granted, the McLaren was way ahead of them. But they done all right in qualifying. Good enough to certainly um, go and fight it out near the top. But then come to the race and strategy once again falls through the floor but not only that their pace was just so so slow yeah i mean it, it was a circuit that i expected to to play into ferrari's hands i thought they were going to be quite competitive and possibly be more competitive than the rest of the grid uh, excluding the red bull i say red bull because it's just max really um yeah, Sergio Perez also not having a great weekend. We'll definitely be talking about him and what is going to happen in that sister Red Bull seat. Still a lot of speculation about Sergio Perez's place in Formula One or certainly in that Red Bull seat. I mean, though, back to Ferrari, what, why do you think they, they are struggling? I mean, I've got a couple of thoughts of my own as to why they are struggling. Uh, but give me give me your thoughts, Mark. I mean, yeah, it's it's it's... Strategy, I think, is a big problem for them. They just never seem to, to, to get that under underway. And, I mean, even like yesterday, I think I laughed about it so much whilst we are doing the stream. But I suppose it does sort of sum it up because clearly they're just they're thinking probably way too much with regards to the strategy. And they're just not going I mean, with a basic yeah. option. I mean, Carter Science came to the radio and went and said, you know, they went and said, we're thinking we're going to go switch to plan B. And he said, well, what's plan B again? I mean, how many plans do they have that they have to think about... Uh, the number, you know, as he, he forgets just the second idea. I mean, I think they've, we've seen in the past, they've gone to like plan E and F. So I think as Carlos Sainz said, I think early in this season, he said, stop inventing. And they need to, they need to just use more traditional strategies and stop trying to, to make up places in the strategy and just do the talking on the track. I mean, of course you can make a bit of a leapfrog in the pits, but sure make a good call but but don't do stupid things like they did yesterday where they box them so early and then just left them high and high and dry on a set of hearts when there was a safety car i mean i understand it can give you track position but you can calculate that and they could have seen that it wasn't going to work yeah i mean it, it is a very 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 odd one i mean also i mean we didn't even really get to talk about Charles leclerc yesterday and where he finished up no uh, he was just lost yeah i mean, I mean yeah it's, it's, it's a bit of a problem. Uh, other things that, of course, uh, happened yesterday, you know, um, just very quickly, I suppose we can go on to that. And we'll come back to Ferrari and otherwise, but uh, as Vise was telling me about, you know, it's been doing the media runs and doing on uh, being on the news uh, this past day, I suppose. Uh, that is with regards to uh, Cara Delevingne. 
and yes. <laughs> Martin Bundle. And they did an exchange that they had on the grid beforehand. And I think as Martin does make, you know, does make reference to when he goes and meets with her, he says, you know, when you're on the grid, you have to be talked to, you have to expect. And I think, I think that's my biggest thing with regards to yesterday uh, is if you are going to be on the Formula One grid, do your due diligence and learn about the I fact that this is what happens in the sport. <laughs> I don't think it even goes as far as to be you're on the grid, be a nice person. No, you're a celebrity in the public eye. You've got cameras all around you who are going to, at some point, ask you a question. Be nice. You're uh, a public figure. And, and be I'm, nice. And, and, it, hurts, it doesn't cost you anything to, to be a nice person. Exactly. And not, not just that. I think it's also just stupid. You're going, on to a, you're going into a sport. You've got to be understanding that for the 20 minutes or so that you are on that grid is that you are now, as you say, in the public eye, you are actually now representing your brand, which means that yes. if somebody comes up to you, you've got to put on the smile. Even if you don't want to, I know it's horrible if, if you don't want to get interviewed. I can understand that, not wanting to necessarily be interviewed. But I promise you, nobody watching Formula One is watching for you. So they're probably not going to be that long of an interview. I mean, as as one of my mates said, and one of our friends said on our group with regards to the instance, says it doesn't really take that much to smile and say, I think Lewis Hamilton will win today. And then he'll carry on and you'll Mark Bunn will move on. You go, oh, who, who really cares? But nobody thinks about it. Now it's been torn into this massive story with Kyle Delevingne ignoring him and then clashing back and Martin Bundle this and savagery and all these stupid things. It's been turned into some big old story just because oh. you couldn't simply say hello and yeah i think and give your a... predictions for the race go I mean, hello uh, thank you for for coming to me i'm supporting lewis hamilton today uh, yeah. have a great race i, it say, cost you nothing, really. I promise you martin Vandal was not going to ask you uh, you know what do you make of mclaren's upgrades this weekend i don't think what she was going to get political asked? views no <laughs> she wasn't going to get asked candid questions here i yeah. mean he doesn't ask terrible things like that. He is a great uh, commentator. Of course, he was a, a brilliant driver as well uh, and now has gone into commentary. And he, it, it's always been a staple of Formula One to have him on the grid. And he is so well known for that. If you're someone walking into his, pretty much his workspace, because he's there every race weekend on the grid, you should be prepared. Well, exactly that. I think, you know, if you're going to go and do the whole high life thing, celebrities love to make themselves known on the F1 grid. It's like the famous place. It's like being seen on the red carpet. It's the same concept when it comes to Formula One. If you're going to go and do it, do your due diligence for five minutes of research and understand what to expect when you're going to go onto it. And you need to recognize that face because ultimately that is the face of the grid when he goes around. Martin Bundle is who everybody knows uh, when you go and look at that grid. So, very, very stupid I mean, one her, thing it anyway. certainly tells me about Cara Delevingne is that she's never watched Formula One before. Because if she had, she would have known that that happens before a race, and she would have been prepared and not made a fool of herself. Exactly that. Anyway, we move on because we don't really talk about celebrities much on this channel. We're talking Formula One, uh, and yeah, the only news that we've really got to bring with you, uh, with except for one big piece of information, which we will get to. That's a little bit of a not a big secret, but we will get to that. I think it's pretty much just the Grand Prix that's happened, obviously, over the weekend, the British Grand Prix. And uh, yeah, I mean, Christian Horner had hailed the Red Bull team, this is the Sky Sports, after equaling the F1 record for most consecutive wins. Don't, of course, forget that they managed to uh, beat that there. So they've now got a record um, as 11th in a row. Yeah, 11 wins in a yes. row for Red Bull. I mean, absolutely brilliant for them. If they hadn't let the Mercedes win in, I think it was, um, 
gosh, just trying to think now. In Brazil, I think, wasn't it? Brazil, yes, yeah. it was. Brazil. They would have had 20-something races in a row now. I mean, yeah, just so dominant from them. But, I mean, we don't want to see them winning for 11 races in a row. We want to see someone else being able to take that podium position uh, and that top spot on the podium. Certainly a driver that does look quite competitive, hopefully going throughout the rest of the season, is Lando Norris and those McLarens. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. I was very, yeah. very impressed from their pace this weekend. Well, I mean, extremely impressed, though, by the rookie Oscar Piastri as well. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's the fact that out of nowhere, McLaren weren't just competing at the top there. I mean, Max Verstappen had to work for that victory. It was not a landslide oh, victory at all for, for Max Verstappen. He didn't win by, you know, several, you know, as we see in the past, 20 plus seconds and you could take a pit stop before getting there. He only beat Lando Norris, but I think it was still five seconds in the end. I mean, we have to remember there was a safety car, so it's not perfectly indicative, but I mean, still, it's, it's what we want to see. We don't want to see the Red Bulls miles and miles ahead it's better to see them actually having some competition, especially into the first corner. That was so exciting. We had almost three cars abreast. We had two, though, with Lando and Max. Lando getting the better of Max Verstappen at the start. As I did say, though, before the race, Max is a little bit more tentative on the starts, which we definitely saw Oscar Piastri also almost getting around him. Uh, that would have been amazing if we had two McLarens in the lead and Max really having to fight his way through them. Uh, that would have been incredible. Maybe still to come though the season. I still just can't get over the fact that McLaren out of literally the beginning of the season, Zach Brown was being talked about as somebody who needs to go and everybody's been going after the guy and the whole team and saying McLaren are garbage. How could they have created such a bad car? And it was a terrible car. But how have they just yes, managed to just bad. change <laughs> it like this? And now suddenly, you know, I'm sorry, they were quicker in pace easily than the ferraris yesterday they were quicker than the mercedes they were quicker than the aston martins they were easily the second quickest team uh on the grid yesterday and oh they weren't easily they yeah were firmly yeah the, the second best team on the grid possibly getting very very close to that red ball i mean in qualifying it was relatively evenly matched which I did not think I would be saying with that Red Bull car being so dominant. And, uh, of course, Sergio Perez did not have a great race yesterday starting in 15th. He did manage to make his way up the grid, of course, like he did in Austria, but not nearly as high as uh, he had managed in Austria. Uh, yet again, a terrible weekend, really, for him, not finishing on the podium yet again uh, in this season. And as somebody in our comments has asked, or Tsitsida, or I have, Ch -ch I, don't know, I have no idea, 3301, that one, and saying, do you think Charles... Uh, can potentially move to Red Bull. Now, I think you have your answer. I have my answer. You go with yours first. Short and sweet, or do you want me to give a long explanation? Short and sweet, and then, no. a, then a medium no. explanation. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the short explanation. Uh, medium explanation is I don't think it's going to happen because they're both number one drivers. They will want to be number one drivers at their team. Max has a number one driver policy kind of written into his contract that he will be the number one driver at any team that he is in uh, so we don't expect someone as strong as Charles Leclerc to to come into that team whether Charles will be able to even challenge Red Bull or challenge Max in his own team that is highly unlikely yeah I mean we'll have to see what happens with regards to contracts and things because we are now finally in starting to get into properly. city season uh, we've got two more Grand Prix before that big break uh, and that big break, you know, we're already seeing talk, and that's what I was going to get to, our major topic outside of the fact that Ferrari are just not looking very good at all, is the fact that Nick de Vries, it looks like his Formula 1 He's season is over. Yeah. Formula 1 season, his Formula 1 career is certainly over. I mean, 
I'm very disappointed. I am a big Nick DeFries fan, not ashamed to say it, but so disappointed in him this season. I mean, he had a brilliant, brilliant uh, standout race last year in that Williams car when he stepped in for Alex Albon in, uh, where was it? I wanted to say Imola, but it wasn't. It was in Monza uh, where he stood in for for Alex Albon, who had appendicitis at the time. And he was able to get into to the points. I mean, everyone was so, so impressed with him, which is why the Red Bull team were quick to snap him up from Mercedes because he is fundamentally a, a Mercedes driver. He has been for a multitude of years. And he got swept away by the Red Bull team and just has not had a good start, has not been able to find his feet at all in that AlphaTauri team. Oh. And it's been quite disappointing. And I think, you know, look, I don't think his F1 career is completely over yet. I, mean, I know, think it is, unfortunately. But we'll, we'll go back to that. But it's it's certainly his season's done. I mean, so we've got Sky Sports uh, Germany and uh, also Ralf Schumacher uh, giving their yes. opinions on the things. And uh, he's basically said that Ralf Schumacher's claimed that Alpha Tai have already decided to part ways with Nick DeFries and that Daniel Ricciardo course uh, reserve driver for the red bull teams uh will finish the season off with the alpha tire team so defries has yet to score a point in f1 and sky sports germany expert schumacher thinks the dutch dutchman will be axed before his home race in august which is the first event after the summer break that would see his first full season in the sport ended after half of the year and it's claimed red bull reserve ricardo would take a spot schumacher had this to say he said the decision has been made i'm pretty sure he did it well had his highlights in Monza last year and was in his right place at the right time. It's a shame for him that he probably can't. Yeah. Uh, I like that he says, I'm I'm sure that he is going to be uh, replaced, I think. <laughs> no, he <laughs> says, he says the decision has been made. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a yeah. shame for him that he probably can't drive Zandfurt, I would guess. Uh, but would but also good for Daniel Ricciardo and for the team. Alpha Tire is really bad on the road and could use a little experience. Nothing is fixed, but everything is possible. So it does look like Nick DeFries. I mean, this is not the only report that's come out about him. It looks like well, he has gone. So what I've heard in the rumor mill, at least the Formula One rumor mill, which is always turning and always very, very busy, of course, is always so much drama surrounding Formula One. Uh, what I've heard is that Daniel Ricciardo has a Pirelli test this upcoming week. Uh, with Red Bull, based on his performance in that Pirelli test, they're going to make a decision. Uh, I'm sure you probably will see Nick DeFries drop out because it's too many races without him doing anything. And we know Daniel Ricciardo's been there and done that. And they're very, very far back in the points for Constructors' Championship at the moment. And every single point is millions of dollars. So they'll be wanting to to get as many points as possible. If that means sacrificing Nick DeFries for a season, so be it. I think they, they need to be able to afford to keep developing that car and to keep that team afloat. I mean, there is a lot of rumors also going around that they're going to be wanting to sell that team. So, yeah, yeah we're going to have to wait to see what happens. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, although seeing Daniel Ricciardo back in an F1 seat, I think would be better for Formula 1 than having Nick oh, DeFries sure. there. Because also, apart from anything else, I know it's it's not what you should judge sportsmen on. They're there to drive, but unfortunately, Nick DeFries is struggling with the driving aspect, and he doesn't bring anything else. He's not an interesting personality on the grid. He doesn't chat. He doesn't like to be seen in the media. Nobody really knows who he is or what he does. All they know is that he's been disappointing this season, and at least having Daniel Ricciardo back, even if he doesn't do his... Um, better than Nick DeFries. You've got it's someone there who's who's, who's going to help Formula 1. He's a good ambassador for Formula 1 to have back on the grid, so... 
yeah, it's, it's I mean, that's very short. true that you say that because, I mean, if you think about all the drivers down the grid, George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen even, they all have a, a off, well, I want to say offline persona, but an off-track persona. They still engage with their fans. Nick DeFries, he doesn't necessarily seem to have that engagement uh, with the fan base of Formula One, and he does get a little bit lost down the back of the grid. And with him uh, underperforming, it's just getting a lot of criticism from the fans at the moment to to put a driver in that they actually prefer and want to see in the sport. Now, I mean, Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo in the same team are certainly going to be very, very interesting. You're going to have one of the most. There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to have one of the most uh, happy and joyful uh, Formula One drivers we've ever had on the grid next to what is essentially a very, very angry Japanese man uh, in yes. Yuki Tsunoda, who. Uh, is still so i thought it would fix the season but still so immature it just shouts at everybody at any given stage of the day i mean it's hilarious yeah i mean he's certainly uh as much as we say nick defries isn't a personality yuki is a massive personality and makes up for when nick defries uh doesn't have any personality i mean yuki is so animated on the radio uh albeit the team doesn't necessarily enjoy it we enjoy it from from outside because it's quite funny to laugh at at times um, but yeah, we'll have to see whether they will swap him out with Danny Rick. I, I certainly hope so. As much as I, I do like Nick DeFries, he, he, he squandered that season a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, now McLaren, of course, did unbelievably well yesterday. It's very unfortunate for Oscar Piastri. Pretty much, I think, the only reason why he didn't finish on the podium alongside his teammate Landon Norris and Hamilton finishing ahead of him was due to that safety car and Piastri just unfortunately getting screwed over a little bit by that because... Uh, Hamilton managed to time it. Well, he didn't obviously time it necessarily. He, it just it just happened perfectly for him to come into the pits and uh, make use of that virtual that then became safety car. Well, Piastri did drive past the pits. At, well, actually, sorry, no, I, I yeah, as I say, I, I'm wrong. I, he he pitted previously and yeah, then yeah. Piastri unfortunately had that, 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 it was literally at the pit window, and Piastri yeah. dove into the pits and literally like a lap after that, we yeah, then saw the lap. safety car come out, and that was that was horrible for piastri he lost so much time as a result. i mean it would have been the rookie's first ever formula one podium i mean to get a podium in your rookie season is pretty unheard of i mean it just shows his true talent to be able to put that mclaren up so high and match his teammates in in qualifying as well as being able to stick with him throughout the race he he drove so well yesterday and i i certainly believed he deserved that podium spot but still very happy for the british fans to have gotten lewis hamilton on the podium yeah exactly i mean lewis hamilton's not going to be complaining he managed to get onto the podium no. um but yeah as somebody's gone and asked in the comments and we did have our say about this in the stream yesterday the live stream of course when we did the uh the, the formula one but uh it's asking why did lance Stroll not give the position back when he clearly overtook gasly from the outside and well our, our position on this well, is very clear because he wasn't on the outside he was pushed off the track by Gasly, which is why, you know, it's that's, that's interesting why. that we say that now because I remember now watching, uh, I think it was Carlos Science ever so slightly nudged Gasly, and Gasly just lost it with Science after the race in the um, in the press area. He walked past him and said, "Don't push me like that, Carlos." Um, because they went through, I think it was cops at the time. Yes, it was cops. And they were wheel, wheel by wheel and ever so slightly nudged wheels. Didn't take either car off the track or affect them at all. But Gasly was not impressed at all. Very hypocritical of him after pushing Stroll wide. 
Yeah, I mean, he pushed Joel off the track, essentially, because Joel was alongside him and more than uh, halfway up the car's bed, yes. which means that you've got to give space. To you've got to give space to him. And Lance Joel was waved off. So that's why we saw uh, Gasly uh, and Lance, Lance Joel allowed to stay there because... Um, Gasly then, you know, they, they, they looked at it and yes, black and white flags were waved for uh, Lance Joel because he went off the track ever so slightly, but they knew that they couldn't do anything else. So it was like a sort of mix of the two. And also, Karma does come back to Pierre Gasly. Of course, both Alpines did not finish the race. So I think, you know, the, the, the Formula One spirit said, you know what, unfortunately, it's exactly how it works. Yeah, I mean, Karma comes back to bite you sometimes in the bum, and it certainly did with Gasly. Uh, he wasn't able to get past Carlos Sainz on a set of old hards. Uh, but, I mean, damage limitations from those Ferraris yesterday finishing. I think it was ninth and 10th, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah, they finished so far down the grid, we don't even really care about, about Ferrari. I mean, it was yeah, just such a horrid day for the red team. And we thought that they'd finally be able to get back uh, into winning ways, or at least into you know, podium positions and fighting it out near the top. And just not again. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Uh, I didn't give my reason as to why I think Ferrari are struggling this season. I think it's because they've had a, a shift of ownership, of course, with the new team boss. It, it does upset, I think, the entire order of things throughout the team. It was even worse when... last season. <laughs> well, I, I know that. But, I mean, you've changed from Mattia Bonotto to uh, Frederick Vasseur. And he's making major changes in Ferrari, not only for the next two to three years, but for the next 10, 15, 20 years, because he's looking at mechanics to sign in the future. He's looking at up and coming engineers that he wants to sign who may be involved in other teams, but he doesn't care. He's trying to lock them down for the future and try get Ferrari back to their winning ways, which is what everyone really wants. The entire sport actually needs it because Ferrari are the bloodline of Formula One. They have been there since the beginning, and we don't want to see them falling back. We want to see them fighting for championships. So, I mean, essentially our question for the stream was, are Ferrari going to be able to compete at any point during the season, or is their season done? <sighs> I mean, we don't know. We can always see Ferrari being able to turn things around like McLaren have been able to do. Um, I have an article here, though, just talking about Andrea Stella's opinion as to why they've been able to make that big turnaround. It's because they have gotten a little bit of inspiration from that Red Bull car, but it isn't fundamentally a Red Bull McLaren. It is still their own car, but it shows how teams are able to just take inspiration from another team, like Aston Martin did this season, and be able to jump up the order. Hopefully, Ferrari just ditch this fact that they have to stick with what they have and start thinking outside the box and just getting up the grid. We don't want to see them falling back, which is what they're doing at the moment. If yeah. they keep going the way that they are, they're going to be a midfield team. No, and another, which is not what we want. No, not at all. And another team that I suppose we we didn't we haven't talked about much and it's very depressing not to talk about them much because they've gained so many fans is Aston Martin, of course, who also seem to be really struggling again. This last three, four Grand Prix now have been Rather poor for the for the green machine. Yes, Alonso did all right yesterday. Finished uh, near near the top five, and and and, and I think did, where did he? Was it sixth? I think he was finished. Or was it uh, uh, fifth position? Oh, I think it was just ahead of Perez. I think. But, I will let you know in you know, a second. It, I'm it's all right. If 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 before we started the season, yep. we looked at Aston Martin. Yeah, seventh. So 
if before the season we saw Alonso finishing seven and Stroll eleventh for Aston Martin, we'd say, hey, you know what, that's that's all right, you know, that's 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 yeah. about where we expect them to be. But from the we beginning of the, the season, when they were getting podiums, it's just, you know, what's happened? Yeah, I mean, I think they've been out out developed by other teams. Uh, unfortunately, they they're not used to fighting so far up the front of the grid. It's a good learning curve for them, at least this season. Hopefully, they'll be able to compete again next season um i mean it's showing them where they need to develop what certain tracks they need to develop their car for because we are seeing that it is always in formula one as we go throughout the season it's an it's a developmental game uh whoever makes the biggest upgrades throughout the season is able to take that championship granted of course red bull are are strong from the beginning of the season but they are still bringing upgrades they bring a major upgrade to to hungary next Oh, this weekend, I'll say now. Um, they're bringing a new floor to this weekend. I mean, gosh, their, their floor has been so dominant and so so far ahead of everyone else on the grid, but they're still upgrading it and development, uh, developing it. It shows that you cannot sleep in Formula 1, otherwise you are just going to get left in the dust. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I did have a poll running throughout the stream, which I've just ended now. And uh, it was very simply, can Ferrari turn things around? And I had four options. And it was actually apparently a good uh, set of options. And uh, the first one was, of course, which did get the most of the vo votes, but only 32%. So only 30% of people reckon that Ferrari can genuinely turn this around. 25% of people think that uh, don't know uh, don't know this team anymore. They just, they just don't know who Ferrari are. Uh, then 28% of you said, oh, maybe, you know, Maybe they can. Maybe they I can turn around. The and then, uh, of course, right at the bottom, they're, nope, they're down and out, which got fourteen percent of the votes. So, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much sums up Ferrari right now. It's just, eh, it's you know, thirty percent, twenty-eight percent, twenty-five percent mixed votes across where we think they could finish. And I think that's pretty much Ferrari right now. It's just we don't know, but not looking particularly good. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> We can never rule them out. It's still a very long season. We've got a lot of races still ahead of us. We've only done 11 races so far. And yeah, it's sort of to play for. I mean, it's not, but it is. Um, <laughs> Max can genuinely finish second at every race from now on and still take the championship. Yeah, so uh, there's been a lot of talk on social media and from other uh, Formula One channels and stuff like that talking about what we should do about a runaway season like we have this year from Air Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Should we just gift them the championship halfway through the season and say, okay, cool, go home, go play with your cats, Max, go play on your simulator. Um, everyone else will play for the best of the rest trophy. Uh, and we'll put Yuki Snowden in your seat. <laughs> I mean, you know, the hilarious thing is, 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 is I mean, yes, I like the, the, the fun things that people have thrown out there and, I mean, I, I, it's a good chuckle. The problem is that most Formula 1 fans become so obsessed with who wins and they decide that the Grand Prix is either exciting or boring based on who wins. They don't I care agree. about the rest yeah. of the grid. And that's the problem is that the moment you start thinking like that, don't bother. Don't bother watching because how was... I mean, it's not even like it was all that different in the past. Yes, You would have been so disappointed through Hamilton's seven years yeah. of dominance. I mean... You, you can't just focus on the top. Of course, you're going to focus on the top. It's who's winning the race. But you can also still enjoy the midfield battles, which, I mean, we've had this weekend. Yeah. Phenomenal. And, phenomenal midfield battles. 
And not just that, it's the fact that, you know, take away the Drivers' Championship. Red Bull are out of here. We know this. But we still see surprising things that seem to get all of us out of the, our chairs, like Perez not finishing, uh, not getting into Q2, let alone Q3. And those sort of things still happen. And also, our, our midfield battle, slash even the best of the rest battle, is is seriously competitive this year. Take Red Bull out of the equation. We've got Mercedes, now McLaren, probably asking the question ferrari and and uh, aston martin are all there trying to vie for that uh, second position you've left out a team who have i left out williams yes and now williams is right they're not <laughs> quite fighting for the best of the rest but they're certainly again that's a, nasty to my williams, it's, it's a very very exciting team to watch um I, I mean yeah yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens i'm happy to see that we do have quite a tight midfield uh but I still do want, of course, that Red Bull to kind of fall back a little bit. As much as I am a Red Bull supporter, I do support, obviously, quite a few teams down the grid. But, yeah, I want to see just closer racing like we had this weekend. Max only finished three seconds ahead of um, Lando Norris, but that was, of course, due to the safety car. It will be nice to see more drivers fighting it out for that top spot. Barrett also there agreeing with us pretty much on all those points so uh, thank you to you in the comments thank you to everybody who's been watching uh, the forever f1 podcast or the forever f1 the f1 podcast here on forever motorsports um yeah we do it every monday so be sure to uh, subscribe to the channel and uh, turn on notifications so that you guys know about when we go and uh, go live for formula one content and otherwise and uh, yeah, thanks again to Bitdefender for sponsoring the channel. Bitdefender, you can see them all around us here. Uh, great, great package from them. Go check them out in the descriptions of all of our videos as well. And Reese, any final comments before we wrap up today's show? Yes, well, we haven't spoken about him. You touched on him very, very quickly. Sergio Perez, mm. what do you think is going to happen with him? I mean, gosh, he has been so far off of the form recently in the most competitive car possibly of all time well i'm not sure it's necessarily of all time those mercs were yes also... it is no i mean the mercedes weren't ever able to take if max gets one more consecutive win it is the most consecutive wins in history yeah this is true it is true it is true um so look it's going to be very interesting because you know we talked about earlier in the show nick de Vries and the fact that daniel ricardo is likely going to go and take that seat in city season yes so that means that if you wanted to replace sergio perez with daniel ricardo which would have been a very good replacement can't happen anymore which means they now go to a rookie potentially taking sergio perez's place which is why i don't think it's going to happen well they've said that they're happy with Sergio Perez and they're going to stick with him, even though he is going through a bit of a tough spot at the moment. They said the same thing, though, about Alex Albon and um, Pierre Gasly. And look what happened to them. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's We're approaching silly season and silly season is uh, definitely, I think, this year going to be quite silly and we're going to see quite a few changes. Uh, who knows, maybe we do get a rookie taking up that, that, uh, that Red Bull seat or maybe we see... Um, a different name, different changes. Maybe, maybe we see somebody just comes back out of nowhere. Maybe you know, one last hurrah from uh, from Sebastian Vettel for half a season or something. You know, who knows what could happen with that Red Bull team? I doubt very much that sort of thing. My fanboy heart could not. <laughs> but uh, a Red Bull, I would just 
exactly. be in heaven. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's certainly going to be something interesting to watch. But that brings us to the end of our Monday F1 podcast. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching and joining me and Reese, uh, myself, Mark, of course. And uh, yeah, be sure to hit that subscribe button, like the video, turn on notifications. Thanks again to Bitdefender for sponsoring the channel. And uh, we'll check you again next week. Of course, there's no Formula One this weekend. Oh, uh, but we will have it again next week. And uh, it is sure to uh, going to be a good Grand Prix. Thank you so much for joining us, Reese, and everybody else at home. Uh, we're going to head on out. Goodbye. <laughs>